But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. Somehow, all our power converters got shipped to Dagobah this week, so guess we're going to talk about X-wing. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I'm confused about who on Dagobah is ordering power converters. And also, I'm Alex Fiddle. <laughs> Where in the Star Wars timeline are we? It could be Luke. Yeah, it could be Luke. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> how long was Luke on Dagobah? Like, I'm not sure. Because, yeah, how long was that X-Wing underwater? Because they pulled it out and it started up just fine. And then it did it again on Acto. We'll yeah. have to go into that on another podcast. Right? Just how dirt, yeah, how reliable is the X-Wing? He's got uh, that, you know, that boat spray that they put a screen door on a boat and just spray it and it's waterproof? I'm <laughs> sure that's what Luke has. Absolutely. Uh, well, the shields, they keep space out or they keep air pressure. They probably keep water out too. They're called bank on shields, Doug. I'm not going to remember that ever. <laughs> <laughs> we will not cover the reliability of the X-Wing this week, however. We do have some actual news and reviews, but first, uh, how are we all doing? Uh, what have we been up to this last week, guys? Among yeah. us. Uh, Among we, us. We, we have been playing quite a lot of Among Us. Car troubles. That's been fun. Uh, also car troubles. You both have don't, car trouble? Don't yeah. be poor. That's my main advice to and the people. Is try not to be poor. <laughs> if your car was in questionable condition, letting it sit for six months doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, you guys haven't really gone anywhere. You don't go into the office you know, at all. I go in about once a month, yeah. Yeah, and so I realized... I that... shoot through a wire in my, in my car's oh. ignition coil circuit, so yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah. Oh, that's... that's uh, Should have got next wing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we've, been, we've been playing a lot of Among Us. It's uh, super Guys, fun. it's so much fun. Five bucks. Free on Android and iPhone. If you want to play on your phone instead of a computer. We open a Patreon, and it's a Patreon war. People can play Among Us with us. (laughs) Because we're an Among Us podcast now. True. Um, So the meta about turning the lights back on is pretty strong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seriously, guys, watch Disguise Toast play Among Us if you don't know what it's about. Um, Because that will sell you on the game instantly. (laughs) <laughs> As a, it, it is super fun. If uh, if you are like us, isolated and bored, and want to do something fun with your friends, this is one of the coolest loaded games you can play with up to what ten people at a time. Yep, four to yeah. ten. Indeed. Uh, holding out hope for that ten person group. <laughs> ideal. So if you are a person and want to join us, here's if up. you'd like to be our friend. <laughs> <laughs> In X Wing news, uh, the Dathomir qualifier uh the london one was last weekend Heck. Was... Yeah. Ah. <laughs> skies are falling the top two were both uh nantex lists that we'll we'll, oh we'll, we'll cover those later we we will get to the uh the nantex drama but uh in other news they they announced another galactic qualifier uh the mustafar galactic system. qualifier i need you to go to the mustafar system end this rebellion once and for all I would, but uh, it's on Texas time, so I'm not going. Uh, Literally the same time zone as us. It's yeah. an hour behind us. How? Do they Dallas. not do daylight savings time? Dallas is due south of Kansas City. Yeah, but they're like it was an hour change when we went there for was it the system open? Maybe. It says 6:36 p.m. Dallas, according to Google. Uh, according yeah. to the GSP podcast, it's an hour behind us. Well, they oh, are an hour behind Chicago, at least. Chicago's uh, also on our Chicago, Chicago's I know Chicago's 
Dallas is Central Time, according to 24timezones.com. We are not a geography podcast, folks. According to uh, the UTC, it's five hours off of UTC, which is the same as the Central Time Zone. Okay, then he has Chicago put it wrong, which is impressive. <laughs> that is impressive. <laughs> from. Wait. All right, well, but the uh, the Mustafar qualifier, uh, if you are thinking about entering it, be advised, it is a hyperspace tournament, uh, apparently ooh, by request. Ooh. And that'll be taking place October 24th, 25th. So Sorry to interrupt, but I realized I'm dumb. It's because of Daylight Savings Time happens after Mustafar, but before Coruscant. That's why. Ah, ah there you go. Okay. So <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we're, we're back to being a geography podcast. <laughs> also, abolish Daylight Savings Time. It's that's, not a, that's not a controversial position, right? Like we've we've evolved electric lighting, so we don't need Daylight Savings Time anymore. Oh, look at you in the pocket of big light bulb. True. Amen. I've always been in the pocket of Big Light Bulb. Also true. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's too willing of a of a pocket. I don't know. You don't get paid any for anything for it. That's no, no. Cool. I'm just a shell for light bulbs, man. <laughs> if you see uh, them. <laughs> so yes, uh, Mustafar Hyperspace, October twenty fourth, twenty fifth. It's kind of like the uh, last chance qualifier would be before Worlds. Think of it that Indeed. way. Like the first step economy would too, when it was extended for the main event and hyperspace for the side event. That's essentially what this is. Indeed. So it's going to be a uh, 200 plus person side event. Nice. But like a normal tournament structure, I assume. Uh, most likely. Uh, six. We also did get some more news this week. Uh, this week, the third ship article for Wave 7 dropped uh, covering the HMP droid gunship. For the Separatist faction. Uh, all right, Alex, as our uh, lore person, what does HMP stand for? Uh, high Munitions Payload? That's my guess. All right, we'll go with that. I never looked. To the <laughs> internet. While you're doing that, uh, I got to do this. Heavy Munitions, but that sounds right. Could be, could be. Uh, this is one I've pretty heavy much been... Heavy Missile a... Platform. Heavy Missile Platform. All right, there we go. I've been excited for this because when this got originally announced, when we covered the... Uh, the, the breaking news about Wave 7, I said, this is the ship that might get me to look at the Separatist faction. It's got things I like. It's beefy. It's got one agility. It's got a 180-degree firing arc. Those are all things that fall right into, you know, that, that jouster part of me. And then we got the article this week about it, and... Uh, it's my... also quite menacing looking, which is... Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a face. Seen Clone Wars or spoilers or Revenge of the Sith um, that make his appearances in those that are super dope. Indeed. So the uh, HMP gunship, the Separatist faction, has a two attack, one defense, five hull, three shield stat line with that 180 degree full front arc. It's got an unusual dial, but so do all the droids. Uh, red stop, blue one straight, but red one banks. Blue two straight, white two banks, blue two hards with that weird droids can't go at 45 degree angle, whatever. Uh, white three straight, red three banks, white three hards, and then a red four straight and five straight. So it's maneuverable, doesn't have any turnarounds, but when you have a 180 degree arc, that's not really a big thing. Yeah, Plus, especially with its ship or its maneuverability. From right, the with the config that we'll get to. Uh, the chassis ability is networked aim. It does not have the network calculations of the other droid ships. But networked aim says you cannot spend your locks to re-roll attack dice. While you perform an attack, you may re-roll a number of attack dice up to the number of friendly locks on the defender. 
right off the bat, I look at this and that actually looks kind of bad. It's not great. Although, uh, you do have to remember this is the faction with dank droids, which makes picking up target locks ahead of time much easier. Trivially easy. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's a good point. It is definitely worse than network calculations. Yeah. Um, but what is it? Yeah. Um, on the other hand, without network calculations on the, the ship's ability, calculate is just worse than target lock. So anytime you can pick up a target lock, you should. Mm-hmm. And then when you have a bunch of guys target locking, that ability is fantastic because you have, you know, free 1.0 fire control. There you go. And then its action bar is uh, calculate, target lock, red barrel roll, and reload linked into a red calculate. The reload into calculate is interesting because it seems to be obviously defensive only or acting as a calculate battery for uh, your vulture droids because vulture droids can still borrow the calculates of other calculating ships, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah, That's correct. why the the Kraken yeah, they, was a thing for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah, there's I should know that can, I'm flying that. <laughs> CIS that can remove disarms, right? No. Uh, they don't have anything like Plo CIS Plocoon wins. Yeah, or what's his yeah. face? Scum, the TIE fighter that's bad. Uh, oh, snap, my boy, Overseer Yushin and or Foreman Proach. <laughs> one of those. I think it's Yushin. It, it's Yushin. Proach is the one that gives out uh, tractor tokens. So, uh, so yeah, like the the linked action is. I mean, the option's always nice. It's not a huge deal. Yeah, um, and they've got. Uh, well, the maneuverability with the configuration will go right into that. Repulsor lift stabilizers. Uh, this is most likely going to be a zero point configuration because it seems like it's the it's meant to be part of the ship. It's so part of its identity. Uh, when you equip it, they are inactive at setup, and the inactive side reads. You reduce the difficulty of your straight maneuvers, so your fours and fives are now white, and your uh, one through three are blue. One through three are all blue. Uh, yeah, it does have. Uh, it's already got the blue one and two straights, but uh, that doesn't reduce them anything below. Now that's interesting because there's nothing that increases the difficulty of straight maneuvers, so no, that wouldn't uh, affect yeah. anything. I mean, it could uh, in the future, but yeah. The future in motion always is, or whatever. Yeah. Yoda says. I don't know. You know um, the name of the red shields, but you can't quote Yoda? The red shields? The stupid shields that prevent space from getting hit. Oh, they're blue, and they're called Magcon shields. No, they're red ones. Aren't there? Uh, the ray shields are red, like the... the... Anyway, we're getting derailed. <laughs> uh, but the interesting thing is, the Repulsive Stabilizers on the inactive side, after you fully execute a maneuver, you may flip this card. And here's where stuff gets bananas. Repulsor Lift Stabilizers active states, after you reveal a bank or turn maneuver, you must perform that maneuver as a side slip, then flip this card. After you perform a non-side slip maneuver, you may flip So a side slip, as uh, those who watched the uh, Twitch stream saw, it's kind of like turning your move into a barrel roll. Uh, the way they define it, to execute a side slip, the maneuver template is placed along the side of the ship's center line is aligned with the center hash mark of the ship's base, and the other end of the template is the ship's front full arc. So with your banks and uh, turns, you can only go forward with it. The ship is then picked up and placed at the other side with the center hash mark on the opposite side of the ship aligned with the center line. So basically it's a middle-to-middle barrel roll using the hard or bank template. 
Yeah. So think like a Star Viper barrel roll, but only four. Or an Echo, Echo Decloak as well. An, yeah. an Echo Decloak. But also, it's the bank or hard. And yeah. looking yeah. at that dial with the three hards, that or could the, be... the blue two hards early. Yeah, board. blue two, exactly. Being able to stress yourself and then take a blue side slip two hard, that just... It, it makes this thing, especially with a 180-degree turret arc, super maneuverable. It's a 1.0 turret. Yeah, well, even without the 180 degrees, if you put a munition on it or something, like it's it's time on target is going to be stellar. Yeah, uh, it's also going to take a lot of people to get used to both flying and flying against. Yeah, yeah, like, it's it's a really good thing these things cap at I three because uh, like a high initiative one of these would actually oh, be crazy ace nightmares. Yeah, uh, you do have to telegraph it a turn in advance, but. Nothing says that if you have your repulsor list active, you can't just dial in a straight maneuver or a stop and be like, ha-ha, fooled you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, your dial will be worse, but there's nothing actually stopping right, you. Right, you can, you can always stop and then clear it with a blue too uh, hard. Blue, blue too hard. Yeah. So uh, this brought up questions, and uh, we talked a bit about this offline, but the first thing that came up was, what happens if you can't fully execute that side slip? Because the rules specifically state, if you partially execute a maneuver, you line yourself up on the template between the guides, meaning the nubs. So if you are side slipping, as in you know moving laterally using your center hash marks on the sides where there's no nubs, do you rotate ninety degrees if you bump? I say I was thinking about this. I believe that they also specified that when you're bumping, you have to line up the uh, the middle line of the template with do. the middle line on your base. Yeah, you do. Uh, which means there's still there's lines along the sides, so you would still. Well, do no, the uh, no, the, the rules reference guide specifically says the lines between the guides, which are the nubs. Oh, uh, I mean, I think you would still have to do it from the sides. That's right, the, like, uh, it seems that's the obvious intent. They'll probably uh, explain that on the little rules insert card that talks about side slipping. Yeah, there's no reason they wouldn't. Yeah, like, like they invented a new maneuver. You have to explain all of it with the ship that the maneuver's on. Yeah, like, it would act, yeah, it would be pretty busted if you made it a straight maneuver but off to the side that just doesn't make sense Let's yeah just that, that's that intentional bumping with it could be really yeah. useful. everybody becomes a dale and oberos yeah unlike so. most people i do have faith in ffg to to have this hammered out before they release the yeah ship. their verbiage might not be the clearest but they'll at least get the point across to everybody yeah. who doesn't want to rules lawyer it for everybody who is there is actually play x-wing so in general guys uh the side slip maneuver, it's the first new maneuver we've seen in X-Wing since the Talon sloop. roll. Yeah, which came out first, sloop or Talon roll? Sloop, sloop was first. came out first, Talon roll second. Uh, the Talon uh, roll the second. reverse came out afterwards. Ah, True. Yeah. Right, the reverse maneuver. The quad jumper was the only one who had it in 1.0? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the, did the Sheet Speed have it? No, she got it in 2.0. Got it added? Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, the quad jumper. Yeah, we've got this new maneuver option for this ship. Uh, tactically, how's this going to change engagements and things like that? If you've got the HMP droid gunships involved, if you know, again, you know when they have the option available, uh, does this... I mean, the big thing to keep in mind is that their actual location won't change very much from if they just executed a regular too hard. Um, yeah, it's just that their arc is going to be different. Right. So as far as pointing yourself at them, it shouldn't change too much. Yeah. Um, arc dodging will probably be a little more difficult than you expect. Yeah, especially because of the 180 degree arc. Um, but it's not like trying to shoot a phantom, like Echo decloaking. Right. I, with the I think the big thing is their time on target goes up a lot, not that yeah. your time on target goes down. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be an evasive maneuver. 
Correct. I mean, it still could every once in a while, obviously. It's something you have to yeah. pay attention to. Um, Especially because you, you have two directions to slide sip and still still shoot the same spot. Yeah, like so. if, if you're normally considering like a, a head on joust, and normally they would K turn afterwards, instead they're gonna kind of scoot off to the side, but kill, still keep a shot on you. So mm-hmm. it could create some awkward scenarios, but in general, I don't think it'll be too huge of a deal as far as how you face it or how you approach it. Yeah, it'll probably be more difficult for the person flying the HMP than their opponent as far as figuring out where it's going to be. Exactly. That was exactly my point. I already uh, put just some small bases on the table and did some practice maneuvers. And it's it's literally halfway between a sloop and a talon roll. Uh, and you're, you are relocating, you know, or in a geometry term, translating the ship laterally, either at 45 degrees or 90 degrees. And you are still, your center line is still going to be exactly where it was the turn before. Mm-hmm. So if you are aimed at a point on the board and you side slip, you will still be bullseye aimed at that point on the board. It's, you know, you're, you're rotating around a point. You can't do it twice in a row because when you execute a side slip, you flip the card. And it allows you to... I mean, you're you're still going to be able to shoot anything with that 1.0. Or sorry, that 180 degree arc. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to take some getting used to because even just with moving it around the table, it does not feel intuitive at all. Yeah, it's it's really good uh, that the one banks are red, which I'm sure they would have done anyway because droids yeah. and their inability to bank. But like, if it were able to, let's say, too hard to the right, and then one bank left, and then too hard to the right. Um, like it would be able to essentially just rotate around ships very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, which I mean, I guess it, it could still just spam two hards and like side slip sometimes and regular yeah. two hard others. You, you, you can use the two regular. hards to crab walk yourself yeah. across the board. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting ship. It's going to be very unique in how it how it flies. Indeed, Indeed. which is cool. It's it's a really neat design space and. Uh, droids continue to have some of the most unique positioning in all of X-Wing. Between, like, Struts and now this. And Nantex. And Nantex, the, yeah. Nantex is indeed. The Separatists, as a faction, tend to break the rules a lot when it comes to maneuvers. They have, it's some maneuver creep, I'll grant. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, they pay for it by all having four or less health and calculate tokens. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we're looking at eight, no health, eight health behind one agility, so this is... Uh... Roughly equivalent to a B-Wing or a Ozatuck in that regard. Y-Wing would be the closest. Okay. Like, it's the uh, uh, Republic Y-Wing is literally a 5-3, a 2-1-5-3. Um, but they anyway. can't take crits. Yeah. So, looking at the actual droids, uh, now, it's not the droid's face that is on the ship. Right, there's actually a droid in the ship. No, I'm pretty no. sure the droid's it's, face is the ship. Let yeah. me. It's like I still have droid. my Wikipedia tab open, so we'll Wikipedia double check. I, I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> I mean, I want to get a picture of them because they look cool. That's true. But yeah, the pilot is the face on the front, and they have super battle droid rocks okay. on the inside for deployment. Neat. So the initiative one uh, generic is a Bactoid drone. And it has the Initiative 3 generic, the Separatist Predator. Going to go out on a limb and say that these being droids, we're not going to see any of them with talent slots because we haven't seen a droid with a talent slot yet. Oh, yeah, I'd agree. Uh, and then you get the first unique one at Initiative 3, DGS-286. Oh, initiative 1 unique. Yeah, but I'm going in the order that they actually were in the article. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> the the uh, initiative three unique uh, DGS two eighty six. Before you engage, you may choose another friendly ship at range zero to one. If you do, that ship transfers one calculate token to you. He's a lower range, lower budget Kato Lichos. Yeah, Other than the fact that every ship in a list with him will have calculate tokens. Right, and some of them will have double, so he'll be able to target lock calculate. Uh, you know, cracking out there, you could have him target lock triple calculate, theoretically. You can tank uh, him up. You can tank him up. There's all sorts of options there. Uh, this guy is... It, it's interesting. It's... We didn't see this ability much at a Kato Lichos ever. Uh, hey, man. I once ran... A Juke Kato Leachus in a table oh. game, which ew, just for lulls with Doug. Okay. But uh, also, I ran Kato Leachus with cruise missiles back at 1.0 and Deadeye. And that uh, was pretty legit because I could just freaking. I recall, I recall that list quite well. Ham him into the back of my Bosk at four forward, steal Bosk's focus, and then be like, here's a five die cruise missile on Kato Leachus. Oh, uh, cruise <laughs> missiles back in the day. We've got some, we've even got some new ordinance to talk about here later, but. Uh, the initiative one unique. Well, so as far as DGS goes, I would say as long as you don't have to pay too much for him, he's fine. Yeah. Like, um, I, whatever the separatist costs, if he's like one more point than a separatist, that's probably worth it. If it's anything worth that, it's probably not. um, You have an ability that might be useful. Yeah. You also don't know. It It could be like the bomber where the different pilots have different slots as well, which could be. They all have have the same action bar. Nobody has anything weird on their action bar. That's uh, true. But, but they could they, have different upgrade slots. Right, they could have different upgrade slots, for example. Uh, and then the initiative one unique, uh, DGS-047. After you perform an attack, if the defender is in your front arc, that is the 45-degree front, or the 90-degree front arc, not the 180. If he's in the front arc, you may acquire a lock on it. Then, if it's in your bullseye, it receives a strain token. This seems like actually a really good ability. Uh, it is. I don't, again, I don't know how many points I'd pay for it. Right, and it's, here's the thing. It's on an initiative one. The thing about him is, it guarantees him picking up the target lock for his ability after turn one, um, but he'll never spend his target lock. Because he can't. Yeah, so it, yeah, it's... Right, he's there, he's there to help out his buddies, of course, with the target lock. And obviously, if you line up bullseyes... Although, do you have to acquire... I guess you could always just break your lock and reacquire it to get the strain off if you have to. But, well, so um, here's, here's the thing. If it's in your bullseye, they get a strain token. He's at initiative one, so he's theoretically going to be the last guy firing. Give a ship a strain token, it's either going to keep that strain token it's or after, do a blue maneuver. Yeah, it's, which yeah, is fine. Yeah, yeah, but... Man, so, this is the Separatist faction. Every ship has an I-1, except for Nantex. Right, but I'm saying you can make sure he's the last one firing. You want him to be the last one firing. No, you want him to be the first one firing. If if you can make use of it, yeah. I, I was mean, thinking more of using it as a control element, meaning either the strain... I mean, reducing the agility is way more powerful than... Like, using the strain for its intended effect is more powerful than just reducing the dial a little bit. Like, okay. obviously, if he's shooting last, it's fine, but, like, uh, unless there's zero other things that can shoot at that same ship, you'd want to reduce the agility. That's fair. Again, uh, probably wouldn't pay more than two points over the generic for it. Yeah, um... Especially because they can't spend their locks when attacking. So. Yeah, that's the big thing. Is his ability is useless for himself, as far yeah. as requiring their locks because he's he can't got, spend he, it. He's got 1.0 and 2.0 fire control. And especially, like I said before, in the faction with dank droids, a lot of the times you're going to have the locks when you enter combat. So yeah, um, you yeah. Should. I mean, it's, it's a very cool ability. Um, yeah. 
but I don't know that it's super useful. Okay. Uh, and then there are two ships that are both limited to the Initiative 2 Geonosian prototype, which uh, very much like the Geonosian everything else, like text, it's got tractor ability. While you perform a missile or cannon attack, you may remove one tractor token from the defender to reroll up to two attack dice. Uh, this happens in your modify attack dice step, so you are removing a tractor token before that ship rolls defense. Yes. Which, for a single attack, is worth it. Yeah. Increasing their agility by one. Or, if you have attack dice. a medium or large base that has a tractor token but is not tractor. Right, yeah. Yeah. Something um, like that. Uh, overall, though, this is this just screams. This is a bad ability. You have to bring an Antex in extended or a synth infiltrator with tractor beam to trigger it. That's that's bad. Yeah, or an Antex with a separate, a separate gunship with a tractor beam would also work. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, they do it. Anyway, like the, in snare is the only way to easily apply tractors that isn't taking up your shot and. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, unless this is the last guy shooting, you don't want to remove the tractor before other people shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the problem. Is over a single attack, removing the tractor to reroll two dice is worth it. But when you factor in multiple attacks, the reduced agility is worth way more. Indeed. Um, right. Well, if you're bringing Nantexes within the snare at I2, this guy is going to be shooting last. Uh, there's only one. O- only Gorgles at I2, but yeah. But like, uh, he'll shoot after Sunfire sure take as well. Yeah. Oh, if I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, right. If you're bringing Gorgol, you've already made questionable choices. Right. Sorry, I thought you said if you bring Nantexes at I2. Yeah. So uh, the, the other limited two ship at Initiative 3, the Onderon Oppressor. This is a real... I like this ability. After you barrel roll or side slip, if you are stressed, gain one calculate tokens. Uh, this effectively means you've got uh, barrel roll into calculate, uh... Or side slip. You, or side slip one into calculate, or side slip, you know, well, blue too hard, free yeah. calculate, target lock, or calculate, calculate again, because this is gain a token, not gain, not take an action. So, uh, right, but you have to already be stressed to gain the, t- the calculate. So. Ah, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, side slip, barrel yeah. roll. This means he's got maneuverability and mods for a this turn. This is useful. This is an already useful ability. Yeah, like, anytime you can get bad. mods while you're stressed, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not, the best pilot, yeah. uh, pilot ability of all of the, the gunships. I would agree. But I would also bet that it's similar to like the Bombardment drone or the uh, whatever the Predator drone Mactoid is. The Vultures. Prototype. Oh, I was thinking of the Vultures, where it's going to be significantly more expensive. Yeah. Uh, precise yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Ah, yes, those. Uh, which are actually only one point more now than Separatists, which oh. they used to be three or four. So that's something to look at, people. We'll get into the... the, the Pre- we'll talk about Precise Hunter <laughs> later. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> so yeah, like, uh, it is a useful ability, but Separatists in general are trying to squeeze as much as humanly possible into their lists, so you're... Mm-hmm. I would like, be surprised yeah, if it sees frequent use. Just we don't even see the calculate passing vulture very often anymore. People figure it out. He's usually just list. DFS three eleven. That being said, I don't know that the HMP gunship is going to be a ship you want to spam. Like I feel yeah. like it's, it's. I feel like similar to the bombers, where you're just going to throw a couple in the list. Hundred so. percent agreed. That's what yeah. I was about to say. Actually, is you might throw two in with your six droids, mm-hmm. your six so vultures, or whatever. Yep. Uh, so. I was looking at this, and I'm thinking that the generics are probably going to see more play than the named, as tends to be the case with almost every Separatist uh, ship we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say the Bactoid will be the single most popular one. Mm -hmm. 
So it also comes with some interesting upgrade cards. Uh, we do get another tactical relay. Like all tactical relays, it is solitary, meaning you can only have one tactical relay in the list. Uh, Kalani. And Yay. for someone to pay attention to names, was Kalani another one of the uh, evil beasts from uh, the Clone Wars? Yeah, it's the one on Onderon that is leading the Onderon uh, yeah, battle. It also comes back time. in Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is he the one in Rebels? He oh. is the one in Rebels as well. Okay, okay. I didn't realize that. Okay. Now that makes sense. All right, which makes the ability actually kind of make sense here. Yeah. Uh, the ability is interesting. Kalani has three charges with recurring three. So three charges, and they all come back every turn. After an enemy ship executes a maneuver, if it is in the bullseye arc of a friendly ship at range zero to three, you may spend a charge, one of these three. If you do, that friendly ship acquires a lock on that enemy ship, then receives a stress token. I can't decide if Kalani is fantastic or a trap. It, it's that, one of the two. About the, literally what I was just going to ask. Yeah. Um, this seems like it would be amazing with Nantexes. Right. But Nantexes are generally high initiative. Uh, which, I mean, I guess they can move into your bullseye, you get a lock, and then even if you don't have a bullseye shot later, that's still useful. Uh, but the bigger thing is uh, nothing that can take attack relay fits with Nantex as well. Like if you're if you're talking spam text, like yeah. if you're bringing multiples of like like four or five with a Kalani carrier, that Kalani carrier is either going to be way slower or really squishy or really expensive. Um, or multiples. So I don't of know things. how well it'll fit with Nantex. Uh, I I did immediately look at like Sunfock lists with it because why not give Sunfock a target lock? I have multiple uh, reasons why to not give Sunfock a target lock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that being said, I think its bigger strength is actually going to be in droid swarms. Um, if you look at like how good is Seer's ability, like it's going to trigger when you have eight ships or seven ships. Yeah. Uh, so the ability to pick up target locks, like you move your your block of six vulture droids at I one. And then, you know, their ship moves and you pick up three or four target locks. That's super worth it. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially with how good their dials are. But uh, Kalani is... The question is, does Kalani cost more... Is the opportunity cost of Kalani more or less than the opportunity cost of dank droids? Right. Yeah. Um, and the answer is dank droids are definitely better at the beginning of the game, but then can Kalani make up the points and then be more valuable as the game goes on? Indeed. I think it'll depend on points. Uh, He's one of the expensive tactical relays like Kraken right. and the cheap ones like TV-94. Yeah. My gut says in between them. Um, yeah. If I had to bet right off the bat without knowing points or anything, that bringing a ship that can carry dank droids is going to be more points efficient than bringing a ship that can carry Kalani. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've I've been looking at like a Sunfock, Shirtek, Grievous. Grievous with Kalani. Kalani. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a as something to look at. I don't know if it'll be good, but uh, you know, if you want to make people hate you, that's something to look at. What I thought I about immediately with uh, Kalani and the the HMP gunship is just what I said earlier. When you side slip, you still have bullseye arc on the same point. If you can bump a ship so that it doesn't move, and you side slip everybody else around it, everybody's now got their locked shots. Yeah. If they were in the bullseye. Yeah. So I'm thinking this is one of those cards that is almost like a win more card, but it's never, just like you said, free mods are always good. And this is a card that can conditionally give out free mods. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely the, interesting. I, I, just, I could also see it being a trap. And it's going to depend on both cost and easy, like yeah. opportunity cost for the ship you have to bring to carry it as well. Like yeah. any any Joe Schmo 
hyena can bring dank droids. Yeah. Um, you have to pay for the fancy hyena to bring attack relay, and that's still the cheapest way to do it. Yeah. Or any, well, any mobile lab, and more likely than not, at least one of these uh, HMPs will have a tactical. Oh, yeah. certainly. But I'm expecting them to cost more than a hyena. Bullseye arcs are always super weird because, like, Crackshot is amazing and probably still undercosted it too, if we're being honest. Uh, because it's super easy to line up a bullseye at some point in a game. Yeah. But whenever you bring a card like this, that like to really get the value out of it, you have to consistently line up bullseyes, like hopefully multiples a turn. It's that's why, where it starts to get questionable. That's why Crackshot is better than Predators. Yeah, Correct. exactly. Exactly. If Crackshot goes off once per game, I think neat. I've made you know return on my investment. If yeah. Predator ever triggers once a game, I think I've wasted points. Yeah. Which we talked I, about. I mean, the, for Predator, it has to trigger three times to be when they were the same cost. Or Crackshot was she? I don't remember. The point is, Crackshot's good. Predator bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, that Kalani makes probably in the middle. Yeah, the potential upside of Kalani is huge. Like it is. Uh, if you block a ship into three Trade Federation drones bullseyes, so now they're taking fully modified shots into that block ship like that. You just got insane value on the opening gauge because of that. Indeed. But again, and it's all going to depend. Yep. Yeah. So then we also saw uh, previewed earlier the multi missile pods. That was one of the first cards from this week previewed. Double missile, it also comes with the lat. Uh, 180 degree front arc, two dice, range one to two, five charges. Needs a target lock or a calculate to fire, so it's good for, you know, organics and droids. Uh, it's definitely better for droids, though. Better for droids. And droid ganics. Yeah. If, uh, if the defender's in your front uh, regular arc, then spend another charge to reroll an attack die. If it's in the bullseye, spend up to two charges to reroll it to two dice. Uh, Is that reroll or add an additional? I thought it was uh, add an additional. It's uh, something is add an additional. Oh yeah, I think that if you may add an additional, right? So yeah, it's roll. It's additional dice. Yeah, additional dice. Sorry, but it's uh one of those that with these droids being able to get rerolls with their existing locks, uh, multi missile pods might not be a, a bad choice on. Uh, the thing is, they already have 180 degree arcs. Uh, missile multi missile pods are going to come down to price super hard for everything. Right. They're either going to be useless or pretty good because they're cheap, but. Yeah. Uh, like just to throw it out there, these are strictly worse than barrage rockets, one hundred percent of the time. Barrage rockets, which you cannot take on these uh, droids. No, no, no. I know. I'm saying, but like talking about them with the lat as well, because people uh, have been talking about multi missile pod lats. True. Uh, like you should just take barrage rockets and point your arc sideways, um, because yeah. then you always oh, get three dice. The big thing with multi missile pods is if you're if you're spending the additional charges to roll three dice, that's great, but that means you're going to run out of charges really quick. Um, and, and reloading doesn't happen often in games. It, like it I doesn't. know the thought is, oh, I can reload. But think about it, how often you've brought a ship with... Re- I, I think out of all of the 20 to 30 games I played with a Torpedo Cavill, I reloaded one time. Yeah. Like, because generally, you just by the time reload. you're reloading, you're just winning harder at that point. To be fair, I fly a lot of off class Star Wings, so I reload all the time. Yeah, but, that's sure. a little different. Yeah. So, yeah. But the other thing is, these ships have 180 degree arcs. Uh, At so two dice already. Their, like their time on target is already crazy, and if you're reloading, you're negating that. So I like unless these are just super cheap, I don't think they're worth taking on the gunship. Does at least does one of the hyena bombers have double missile? I don't know. Uh, I can look that up because I have ESB open. Techno Union doesn't. The Bactoid prototype prototype does. Okay, so you could have a hyena with multi missile pods if you think that's important. I mean, it's better than the 
the hump. Yeah. Can we call it the hump? HMP. Because, <laughs> uh, like, at least that gives the back toy prototype 183 arc. It does. Again, though, I think it depends on points. Like, the Straight back up. toy prototypes are already three points more than a Techno Union bomber. Yeah. And then, then you're adding the price of multi missile pods onto them on a relatively fragile ship. Like at some point it becomes inefficient. For, also, two diamunitions in cannons are generally pretty inefficient, even with the gimmicks, Especially because the ships already all have at least two dice. Two dice, and you don't get a ra uh, range one bonus. So rolling two dice at range one feels really bad. Yeah, my exact problem with the uh, upgrade coming up soon. I also have this pro that problem with of people really like to slap stuff like munitions on things when they don't actually increase the uh, the attack value, mm. and uh, that makes it not good. Uh, like auto blasters. Yeah, auto blasters. But for one that does increase the attack value, uh, the synced laser cannons. The first <laughs> double cannon slot we see. A three die cannon, range two to three, with the uh, attack. If you are calculating, the defender does not apply the range bonus. So right now, there are only three ships that can take this. The. Okay. <laughs> well, there's the IG, there's the this, and there's the B Wing. B Wing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, on each of those, it's useless on the IG, really, because you already have a three die attack. I mean, unless you really three. want to take a lot of range three shots. I mean, IGB lets you double right. tap with it if you miss. Right. I, yeah, I was going to bring up IGB. It's got that ability there. Uh, it seems to sync up really well with the B Wing stabilized S foils. Getting That's to have true. getting to double tap with another three die attack is pretty good. Uh, that actually I hadn't considered. Yeah, you're never going to be calculating, but double tapping three dice with a B wing, I like that. Yeah, if, um, if, if you're Braylon Stram, that's I mean, really yeah, good. since you already have to have the locked double tap anyway. Yeah, like, uh, I don't hate it. Yeah, so, I, so again, it'll come down to cost. Mm -hmm. uh, so Ion Cannon is six points. And is capped at one damage. I would guess that these are slightly more expensive than that. Yeah, my thought was they were going to be. Your B wing is getting really expensive really quick. Yeah, because you have a two point configuration plus you know a six to eight point cannon. Uh, now even a generic B wing is over fifty points. Mm -hmm. um, that's so. I think these will be great on gunships because it just adds a die to a gunship. That's super worth it. Yeah, and you're you're uh, rolling three dice at range one anyway. Yeah, I can see the argument, particularly for the named B-Wings, that this could be good because you can modify both shots on and and have double damage or have full damage on both shots. I think That's this is a straight trap on IGs, and I've seen a lot of people talk about how hyped they are for them, and I, I don't think it's a good call. The ability on this card is what I think the trap is. If you are calculating, the defender does not apply the range bonus. However, if you spend your calculate to modify your dice, you're no longer calculating. So this is good if you can load up on multiple calculators, yeah. like an IG can. But like we said, it's not really that good. On the I mean, IG. the ability is dumb. Like it's literally gravy anyway. Like yeah. if the yeah. if the if the just range bonus some... triggers every shot, who cares? Because it was going to trigger anyway. Just for some quick primary. math, let's say you're shooting at an X-wing and you have a target lock, and you're not going to spend the calculate for the ability. So you have one reroll and three dice. Uh, so if the X-Wing gets the defense die bonus, you average 0.5 damage. And if they don't get the... And this is with a focus. If they do get the... Or so, if they get three dice, it's 0.5 damage. If they only get two dice, it's 0.86. So you're averaging about a third of a damage more, which isn't 
nothing. But how much are you doing if you spend the calculator on offense versus uh, the three dice? So if we do three dice with a focus, but then you have to count, then you're doing 0.78. Uh, which is okay. if you spent the calculate, you're doing point two more damage. Realistically, there. this is not a significant change in expected. No, damage. it's actually it's yeah, a quarter uh, of a damage. Yeah, it's you actually do a quarter of a damage more than if you hadn't spent the calculate. Right. So basically, you will take you will do one more point of damage for every four shots in those positions. No, no, no. If you do spend the calculate, you actually do more damage than if you deny the range. Oh, range. okay. So it is only good if you just don't roll eye results. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems a little odd. But so, in other words, you take it to get the extra die on. Yeah, yeah. Which it, it makes it even worse on IGs because uh, the thing about IGs, like unless you just roll like straight garbage on the first shot, uh, so that you're just double tapping to essentially be a reroll. Like you're probably going to spend mods on the shot that they'll try to actually do damage, which means the second shot's not going to be very modified. So you might as well take an ion cannon because the chance of doing more than one damage isn't high. And if you do, you at least get a control effect out of it. Like, true. Where's yeah. my Mangler cannons? Yeah, obviously, if it's cheaper than an ion cannon, then that all goes out the window. But I would be Indeed. very surprised if that's the case. Right. I mean, dorsal turrets cheaper than ion turrets. I do like seeing a new dorsal cannon. Though, that's pretty neat. And then we have a new bomb in here, uh, the concussion bombs, and this has probably got the most uh, talk about anything other than the uh, repulsors. The it's a device, it's a bomb, it's got three charges. The effect of the bomb. When this device detonates, each ship and remote at range zero to one is dealt a face down damage card. Then each ship at range zero to one must expose a damage card unless it gains a strain token. So this is a lot like 1.0 Proton Bomb, but you have the option to take a strain to take that card face down instead of face up. Yeah, which is that's really neat. I don't know if I love bringing back ignoring shield damage as a, like a easy access. Yeah, this is the first time 2.0 has had ignoring shield damage. Kylo can still take Kylo, Kylo or Kylo yeah. power ability. But um, wait, bears. there's more. There's also the line, during the system phase, if any of this card's charges are inactive, you must spend one charge to drop one concussion bomb if able. Once you pop, you can't stop. You Unless you reload, unless you reload before you drop. I don't know. I think I was just rhyming. Unless so. you reload right after you drop your first <laughs> Specifically that, but I was just going with the rhyme. <laughs> but the idea that you drop the concussion bomb and then you have to keep dropping more concussion bombs, I think that is... It's such a random caveat to have for this card. Oh, I love it. It creates... Yeah. It's, it's so chaos. It's wonderful. Like... Because you know what I want to put this on immediately is tie bombers with... Uh, Skilled bombardier, because you can just poop these things out the back and chuck them everywhere as you're running away. Like, ah! <laughs> these are also extremely strong on things that can take a trajectory simulator. Yes. Um, like, Nimothy, if you will. Yeah, especially because things that can take trajectory simulator usually are beefy ships that can deal with taking a face down damage card every once in a while. Yeah. Like Nim would be great. Something like Death Rain would be really yeah, strong. Death, Death Rain, your red uh, line, even. I can uh, even see a. Uh, uh, Rook resistance, um, Star Fortress, Star Fortress yeah, really yeah. like something like a uh, Finch, uh, Bob, whatever his name Finch, is. Yeah, Finch, Finch Dallas. yeah, Finch Dallas. So, like, he yeah. can drop these concussion bombs for you know, because he's just going to reload every turn if he's doing it. Because you know, who cares? His shot doesn't matter, yeah. Uh, but now he's dropping them from a ton of different drop options yeah. every single his turn. Precision is, you know, and he's, he's got nine holes, so who cares if he takes a face down card? Like, yeah. 
That's yeah, uh, I think it's a really interesting bomb. Uh, I don't know how to price it. Like, throw a dart at a dartboard with a bunch of numbers on. Yeah, them. Uh, my yeah. gut says more than a proton bomb because the uh, the, the detonation effect is really powerful. Um, like just so, the ability to kill things while they still have shields up is is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now it's interesting because uh, the again, I love the idea of the the person taking the bomb damage gets the option to, okay, do I take a strain or flip up one of my damage cards? Now, if you already have damage to the hull, this is a randomly flipped up card, not necessarily one you draw from concussion bombs. Right. So it's going to have to make sure it's not you take a face-up card and take a strain to turn your face down. My boy, Constable Zuvio, has just entered the chat. Oh, oh that's interesting, because it can launch it. Yeah. yeah. Although I mean, I guess he can he can reverse to get away from it afterwards. Flee. Yeah. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. And then he can't I reverse. The problem with him is he can't reverse a second time. Yeah. And then he drop it behind him and run away the other way. <laughs> and then he go forward. And then he drop it in front of him to go backwards. It's beautiful. The incredible dancing suit. <laughs> yeah. So there are a lot of options. I think this is definitely the most interesting mutation that we. Yeah. So I think the the only thing that maybe makes it a little. I mean, I guess he could do this with other bombs too, but you could get kind of a bomb out effect going because it has three charges and you're being forced to drop it constantly. So you can have somebody that's reloading a lot, like somebody that doesn't care about their shop. Like, hey, like I just said, drives. people don't reload. Yeah, uh, yeah, but this kind of encourages it because you're, you're just carpet bombing constantly. Like yeah. a Y wing that you don't care about taking at other actions. So with, yeah, like a Nora Wexley taking this that's super tanky at range one, and then it's just going to too hard and drop concussion bombs every single turn. That sounds awful to deal with. <laughs> I'm almost thinking uh, R5P9. You know, you drop, you know, I'll just repair the damage anyway. Yeah. Uh, this actually, well, nah, never mind. Anyway, okay. it's a really interesting bomb. It's a, it's a neat device. Um, Is there any ship with a payload and an illicit slot? Yes. But there are, there fire are many. Sprays. Fire sprays. Why scum? Why wings have illicits now? Yeah. Okay, um, because my thought was, uh, you know, dead man switch. Obviously, because this is going to kill you faster. Yeah, I mean, in theory, you shouldn't take your own bomb damage that much because you drop it behind you and then move past. Yeah, it's really hard to take your own bomb damage. Yeah. As I have gone on record as saying, Dead Men's, which is a bad card anyway, this yeah. could don't don't let this lead you down that trail of hey, I can bomb myself into Dead Man's Switch. Don't do that. You actually can't as long as you do a maneuver. <laughs> like, I mean, you get blocked into it. As long as yeah, if you fully execute a maneuver, you can't get hit by your own bomb. Uh, Hawk can as stop. a small base ship. <laughs> yeah, Hawk can stop. But... Cool. So Matt's unless you're intentionally being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it's it's got a lot of interesting potential. I agree. Uh, how how do we think it's going to fit into the meta? Uh, you mentioned you know not wanting to see a whole lot of spam of these, kind of like the hyena bombers. But are these like a one or two peppered into a list just for some extra punch? Yeah, I mean points are obviously depending if uh, it depends if on how like... many Emon Azamines I'm bringing. Yeah. So my gut says they'll be. Oh, are you talking about concussion bombs or the HMP? Oh, the HMP in general. Oh, okay. never mind. That uh, has no bearing on how many Emons I bring. My gut says they'll be twenty nine <laughs> points because if you could fit seven of them. Then that's a ton of arc coverage and yeah. a ton of um, like that's seven ships that are shooting every single turn. I was gonna think a little what? higher because that's uh, quite a bit cheaper than a base Y wing. Yeah, I was gonna say 29. Y wing to thirty. Wow, 
And it's a little bit cheaper than a base one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look at it, and it's similar to an Ozatuck, less attack, but more maneuverability on that. And Ozatuck start at ungodly expensive. They have a third attack. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm saying, yeah. that Somewhere attack. between Ozatuck's and Y-Wings is probably mm-hmm. where I expect them to be. Mid to yeah, low, I mean, low to mid thirties. I I would say thirty two for the uh, generic is my. Their dial has a lot of options, but it's also very red, which is something you take in consideration. They have the calculate action, which is significantly worse than the focus. That action. is that is a that discount is for calculate. Yeah, but they have a brand new maneuver that only they can do. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So they don't get to share the calculates like their friend do. No, but, but I mean the ship chassis does ability does have value, even if it's probably not as good as network calculates. It's still a strong effect. Yeah. Um, I do have to admit, when's the last time we saw a ship that had this much new stuff that it adds to the game? Not just new cards and abilities, but new concepts that it adds to the game. I mean, the lat is pretty close. The the lat has its abilities, but I'm thinking it's like, you know, this almost reminds me of the Phantom when it was debuted. The idea of cloaking changing the game by adding a new element to it. Uh, This is not... I don't think Sideslip is going to have the same impact that cloaking did. But it means a 2.0 corset added a lot of important stuff, <laughs> namely force. Um, but like even the force is a thing, um, is a yeah. concept that got added. Like really the only thing that's been added is the side slip. And we've had new maneuvers before. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I think. Excited. It'll be oh, interesting for sure. It's a really interesting. Oh show. yeah. It's a neat, it's a neat. Like I did. Ship. I said before, uh, this is likely to be the ship that gets me to start buying some separatists. And uh, I will still probably hold off till the Tri-Fighter comes out, but I'm actually interested in the faction now. Yeah. Well, luckily you can play online and decide if that's what you want. That is true. true. Uh, the internet is the future. So looking at the extended meta as a whole, uh, let's take a bit of a dive into the separatist faction. We know that uh, we we know that the HMP droids are going to add something to it. We don't know what just yet. So let's look at what we've got. Uh, first off, the boogeyman in the room, the list that uh, won both won some tournaments. Well, won you know Corellia and Dathomir. Pretty small sample size. Yeah, not a big sample. No, yet. it's definitive proof. <laughs> The the sky is falling. You, I, f- I did forget the rule that you are mandated to just straight honor chest them. Yeah. So you might have. That's in, is that in the rules reference or is that in the core set rule book? Could be. Uh, it's uh, an uh, rule of X Wing. Pe- people have been uh-huh. calling it Nan Texans, Nan Six, Spam Tex. It is in general six Petronaki Arena Aces, which are the initiative for Nan Tex, with some combination of crack shot predator and marksmanship on them uh, definitely crack shot and off mm-hmm. like that's an important and then you have a couple of points over to do whatever you yeah. want with predator marksmanship. Yeah, there have been various uh builds of them uh some of them you've using gravitic deflection those haven't done as well crack shot is obviously you're capitalizing on your bullseye uh, like why are you bringing the ship if you're not bringing crack shot as one of their talents that's my question Right. Uh, the most common that we've seen is the six Petronaki Arena Aces. Some variants have used five with Crackshot and Predator and Gorgol in there as a cheap blocker because he's the cheapest Nantex. Uh, this is... We, we've discussed this and it's been all over the internet. It's very strong. It is a very, I will even say, overpowered list. It is incredibly efficient. These car- 30 points for an Initiative 4 ship is really good for a ship that's as good as the Nantex. I was going to say, like, their initiative for pilots cheaper than that. 
but, but not that are as good as the yeah, that, that's that. So I was, I was going to say, and they're all named, so you can't spam them. Yeah, True. the um, well, obviously they're they're at least a tick under cost. Yes, yeah, that's like, undeniable. That, that is undeniable. no one is going to go on the record and say the list is perfect how it is. Yeah. But yeah. people but are the, calling it an NPA is an NPE as bad as Quad Phantoms, no, or as bad as Jedi. Like, yeah, it's, it's no, a list no. that's just a little too. Good it's a jousting out. list. You just don't joust it. Yeah. And yeah. it's beatable. The like. the strategy just off the top of my head, make them chase you. Uh if you are higher initiative, arc dodge and pick your shots. Uh if you are lower initiative, well, you know, suck for your luck, I guess. Oh, block okay, them so, anyway to yeah, their mods. A few things. Like arc dodging them isn't actually a great answer because they do have a rotating turret. Um the big thing is you just have to not opt into what they want. Like, yeah. you need to make them make choices. Make like, them work for it. There's six ships. They're going to line up bullseyes. It sucks, but it's going to happen. But you need to deny as many bullseyes as you can. You need to force them to rotate their arcs so that their tractors, that you can blow one up easier. Like, the 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 problem, at least that I've seen anytime I've seen a game, uh, which is admittedly not many times, because uh, they've only been on stream three or four times, but everybody is just opting into what the Nantexes want. They're they're just feeding the optimal engage to them, and then complaining when they lose to an efficient jousting list. Uh, Same thing happened with Rebel Beef too. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I was saying when I flew Rebel Beef, I loved it when my opponents did everything I wanted. That was just they like, always did. People yeah. joust, and a lot of people never learned how to not joust. Yeah. And all of that is like that's not necessarily easy. Like just saying just don't yeah. do it isn't that doesn't make it easy to do. But it also but, means that like if you're not trying to give them a suboptimal engage, then of course you're going to lose to the list. Because like, it is under-costed. It's, yeah. it's pretty nonsense that they can fit six cro- copies of Crackshot on an I-4 ship and with, still have eight points to play around with. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like don't... Like, you're going to have to practice playing against the list. Yeah. like It's clearly a, it's a boogeyman right now. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to... Like, don't just build your list to beat this because you're going to see it once a tournament and go one and five. Yeah. So if you build the, just to beat the Nantex. Yeah. As a sidebar, it is perfectly acceptable in a tournament setting to build a list that just punts to, to spam. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, based on those two tournaments, which is a small sample size, which is also why you shouldn't panic, but it's the only information <laughs> we have. Uh, but so, based on that tournament, if you, oh, those two tournaments, if you look at six plus ship lists, they made up about 14% of the field. Which means over a six-round tournament, you should hit one, and it's unlikely to hit more than that. And of those six-plus ship and lists... And you still have a good chance of hitting none as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of those six-plus ship lists, Nantex still weren't all of them. They were still only about half of of all the six-plus ship lists. Like, there's still other Vulture Swarms. Uh, you know, there's Fochos. Uh, I'm sure there, are, there were other weird variants of Swarms. Uh, but mm-hmm. the point is, like it's super easy to go an entire tournament without hitting the Antex. And once you get into the cut, it's probably more likely, but the cuts are crapshoots. You can't plan for cuts. Yeah. You cannot plan for cuts because you will hit. There's just as much chance you hit an amazing matchup or a ridiculously hard counter. It just is what it is. There's no way to plan for it. Obviously practice the matchup because you know, it's going to be in the tournament, but don't throw away everything else just to yeah. But the point is, is make a list that you're confident will get you to the cut first and then worry about beating the yep. man. That's all that matters. This game to the cut for people who want to know statistics. If you are worried about facing this list uh, at Corellia and Dathomir. So we're talking around 400 lists, 20 of them, 
contained four or more Petraki, Petranaki Arena aces. So uh, that's only five percent. Yeah, that's five. That's five percent, and not all of those were the spam text variant. So you are not likely in a in a, in a six round two hundred person tournament. These lists, by and large, they've done well. So if you do well, you might meet one in the Swiss. But don't let it completely just get in your head that this is going to be everywhere. If it yeah. is, then you know, hey, maybe there's a there, there's a problem. But let's not. It- into another perspective, the single most dominant list across any meta in X-Wing history was Ghost Fen in first edition. And it's still yeah. only made up about a quarter of tournament lists. And that was like the single most popular and most dominant thing. Hey, guess yeah. what? I hit two Ghost Fens in an eight-round tournament. Oh, the man. math checks out. I hit zero, <laughs> though. So, <laughs> Well, I your math had because I wanted to hit Ghost Fen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I, like, I love hitting Ghost Fen. I, I made a list specifically to kill Ghost Fen, and exactly what we're saying here, if you, if you focus solely on the idea that this is the one boogeyman I want to beat, when you don't face that boogeyman, you're, you're left with a... You know, you're bringing a knife to a gunfight in some cases. So just bring a gun and hope you can shoot some Genosians. Yeah. If, okay. Here's the thing. Think of it like think of it like comic books in a way. I'm going to go a little bit off you know model here. If you're a villain and you're really 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 worried about Superman, you might carry Kryptonite with you. Kryptonite that that's not going to do anything if suddenly Batman shows up to kick your ass. Yeah. Don't make your armor out of Kryptonite. Yeah, it's a it's a waste of things. If you what do, if I just make kryptonite bullets and shoot whatever superhero comes and just kill them with bullets normally, or kryptonite if it's Superman? That's what we call Ghost Fan. Yeah, I was gonna say the, the equivalent <laughs> of that in X Wing. If if in X Wing you can find a list that is the kryptonite bullet, that that's your holy grail. Yeah. Thankfully, no one's found that list yet. What you should do is just practice the matchup and bet on your own skill. Indeed. All right. So moving on from the uh, the boogeyman spam text, uh, what other successful separatist lists have we seen out there? Obviously, droid Some swarms. Minute. Droid swarms are still good. Uh, I just I, I just lost in the top four of our local league to uh, possibly one of the best players around flying a droid swarm list. I I am I am notoriously bad against swarms. This is known. Droid swarms, especially the fact that I was able to take a double fire spray list to time against it, I feel pretty good against. I got frustrated because I have a mental block that means I'm just bad against swarms. But droid swarms, while they're not as prevalent as they used to be, they're still really efficient. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I there's no reason they shouldn't still be in the meta. meta. Uh, I, I think, think it's we just start. because people Nerf have a version. Yes. Yeah, people have a tendency to drop stuff as soon as it's nerfed. Like, uh, there's, I there's nothing you can say that will make me believe that Boba Fett is bad now. But no. I haven't seen him. We saw so, a, a lot of variants on uh, Duncan Howard's droid list yeah. in uh, the last two tournaments. Yep, which is perfectly perfectly yep. good. I assume they have to lose something because droids went up. Yeah, I guess a discord or two, Maybe. Discord or a pl- one of the plasmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they go down to seven droids. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The point is, droid swarms are fine. Like, fly them if you want. Don't if you don't. Do what you want, man. Hashtag. Yeah. As someone who saw a lot of success uh, two points changes ago, uh, Doug, do you think Sunfock and Chertek are still threats? Yes. 
Oh my god, yes. You know what I never <laughs> want to see in a tournament again is Sunfuck. So yep. thank you all for not doing it. Thank you, Doug, for not yeah. bringing that back into my own home. <laughs> I'd say I would I would say with like 95% confidence that I could take the Sunfuck and six to the next tournament and do perfectly fine with it. Like I, I don't see how the list is bad now. I know the tractor. We we discussed the tractor change, in my opinions on it before, but uh, I don't think it's a big deal. And if you want to run Sunfuck, more power to you. Less power to you. Less power. <laughs> Less power. Run out of power. No like Sunny, Sunny and Cher and Grievous. Target locks. Well, I never thought Sunny, Cher, and Grievous was a great list anyway. But it's probably about as viable as it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think SureTech got a little more nerfed than Sunfock did. Because I don't think you can even fit SureTech in 7 anymore. No, nice. not really. Not. Yeah. We did it, boys. We're free. <laughs> So we've covered most of those uh, ships, but then there's the uh, kind of the dark horse of the Separatist faction, the Sith Infiltrator. Uh, does that really have a place in Extended right now? I don't yeah. think the Sith Infiltrator has a place in the like, faction is its problem. There's always the the dark or the O sixty six and seven droids and the double infiltrator lists from the peer, the past, but like it just it's a it's a decimator in a Tie Fighter faction, like. Yeah, that's pretty close. To... Surely the Decimator is the Decimator in the Tie Fighter faction. <laughs> Imperial is not a Tie Fighter faction, though. Like they have so, them. The big <laughs> thing is that this is a a large base heavy jouster, which doesn't fit the identity of Separatists at all. Like no. or most ships. Um, like yeah, large base jousters have, are notoriously underperform. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think Simple Chair is a bad ship by any means. Yeah, I just think like, it was at its best when it got to bring literally every toy. Yeah. So when the Tri Fighter comes out, you might actually start seeing a place for it. Yeah, like a support um, infiltrator and multiple Tri Fighters. Yeah, or he's like just a mall with Palpatine crew. So now he can he can calculate if necessary. He's this big, beefy, hard hitting ship, uh, and you can you know maybe run a Sunfock and a couple Tri Fighters or you know three or four Tri Fighters with them or something. I'm excited for that. You know, that's that's going to be such a fun thing when th- when this faction expands more and gives more options that aren't just swarm. That's where I think I'm going to be really hyped to get into swarm it. Swarm is best option. And, and that's the thing. I'm going to get into it because swarm I'm like... Is, swarm is always best. To learn how to beat a swarm, I'm going to learn have to, I'm going to have to learn how to, well, fly a swarm, and I should get in on the best swarm faction. That's to do my that. thing. Like, I don't like it when my opponent has more ships than me, so I fly seven ship list. <laughs> Pretty strong. All right. Uh, any other... I, I generally just try to remove as much agency from my opponents as possible. Yeah, Doug likes to run, run, the, <laughs> run the, the secret sauce. That secret sauce is supernatural. <laughs> yeah. Or ensnare, or focus evade on three agility. You know, just standard fair stuff. Or stupid proton torpedoes. <laughs> no <Right>. forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, I don't think the Sith of Trader is bad. I just, it just... It belongs in a different faction. Yeah, Give it scum. Let scum have it. Yep. No, not scum. Please. Please. Have <laughs> it up, my great gifts. I think yeah, we don't have any force. We, they, us, them. I don't know. There's no force in scum. Uh, Assage. Uh, There's no force in scum. <laughs> so I think our conclusions are that the Separatists, strong faction, uh, in the next couple weeks or months, they're probably going to be overrepresented because of the success of the six Nantex list. But they have, uh, they, they've, you know, brought a good dish to the potluck. They're, uh, an absolutely viable faction. If you are a separatist player, this is a good time to be one, I suppose. My thing about the separatists is if you're not going to fly the swarms, pick a different faction. 
Like other factions ace better than Sunny and Cher. Um, other factions large base ship better than the Sif Infiltrator. The one thing that the this faction separatists do better than anybody else is spam ships. Mm-hmm. So if you're not yeah, wanting to I, spam ships, you should look at other factions. Yeah, I think if I had to pick something that's a dark horse that like hasn't been utilized much that could be good, it's Bellababs. Um they're like, really cheap jesters. They're really cheap. So cheaper than Kyraxes. I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast, but a Skakoan Ace is two points it's one point less than an I one X Wing. So but it's I three and has a talent slot and you yeah. lose one hole, but you gain. It's the same price as a as a base Kyrax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're an initiative higher with a talent slot, you have a linked action. Uh you lose a hole, but then trade a hole for a shield. You've got a Kyrax esque dial, which is very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, like they probably just don't fit super well into the faction because more ships, more better for separatists, yeah. and they in can't, general, they can't network calculation or anything, um, right? But there might be something with them. Like they're yeah. they they seem like pretty efficient jousters that people haven't really explored. Yeah, uh, if, and if you're going really cheaper, the fee than outlaw for the I one is only thirty five. Like, yeah. and it calculate which hurts on a three I gun, but uh, but that's really cheap for a three yeah. I gun. Here's a thought. If you like five X-Wings, five Kakoan Aces with Crack Shot is pretty yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Especially with Barrel Roll into Focus and Boost into Focus. Yeah, I would run that over five X-Wings. 100%. You can also run four of them in Grievous, and I think you get Impervium on Grievous, maybe? Yeah, you get Impervium Not bad, on not bad at all. Alright, so that's our uh, review of the quick review of the extended meta for the Separatist faction. We've talked about the HMP gunship. We're all Really excited for it. Wave 7 should be dropping at the end of the month, which means we should get points in the next week or two, we hope. We will definitely go into those uh, when we get them. Uh, for the moment, guys, uh, do we have any shout-outs? My father, Bob Howe. Uh, my father, Bob Howe, the Falcon King, who was recently on uh, the St. Louis Arch Alliance Scrubcast. You can, you can listen to him there. Indeed. Shout out to them as well, our yep. rivals. <laughs> Such as they are. Uh, I'll give a quick shout out to uh, our local store, the Game Cafe in Independence, Missouri, and its proprietor, John Reinig, who was my opponent uh, this week and knocked me out of the quarterfinals. Best of luck to John and his uh, swarm in the finals. Some of you might recognize that name if you're Armada player, former Armada World Champion. The original Armada World Champion. Indeed. The first and only in my mind. <laughs> True. Uh, John's a great guy, does a lot of uh, work above and beyond to make sure we have not only a place to play, uh, lately a place that if people are comfortable doing so, they can play safely. They went and got bigger tables so people can have more distance between them as they play. The store put a lot of effort into still being a good and safe place for people to come and share their hobby. So good on you. Thank you, John. Thank you, Game Cafe. You guys have been a friend of the podcast and a friend of us personally for for years. Uh, last uh, time we went up to Adepticon, John and I wound up uh, claiming the living room, and uh, we flipped a coin. I got the couch. He got the uh, deflating air mattress on the floor, and we didn't find out until the last day that it was a fold-out couch that could easily <laughs> have slept to. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe I still owe John for that one. Uh, That's why you let him beat you, right? Oh, believe me, it, I have never let John beat me. I tried my dang. To, I have beaten John once, and that's the only time he hasn't flown a swarm against me. And 
It's not just that I'm bad against swarms, it's that John is very, very good. I can remember the first time I beat John in first edition. It was it was a big moment for me. Yeah, I, I, had, I like that I'd, I'd reached a benchmark as an X-Wing player. I had a wonderful opportunity when I was working evenings at a factory uh, to play with John before the store opened once a week in the mornings. And that improved the, that stretch of like four months of doing that every week improved my X-Wing more than anything else in the world. Yeah. Yeah, so... He's uh, he's been pretty much uh, kind of like the godfather of the Kansas City X-wing community. Uh, in addition, also he's like, just the coolest guy. That, that is true. Loves his smoked meats. Uh, we'd like to say that if anybody out there is itching for an online game through Tabletop Simulator or Vassal, drop us a comment on Twitter or Facebook. And uh, if you'd like to challenge one of us and you beat us, we will send you a dabbing Obi Wan card while supplies hey. last. The easiest way to reach us is to join our Among Us lobby. Sure. <laughs> That's um, true. Honestly, if you'd like to get on in a, in a game of Among Us with us, uh, ping us through those socials as well, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to leave you with a quick uh, public service announcement. Remember, uh, go out there, register to vote. Elections are coming up real soon. Uh, you can go to vote.org to see if you're registered, and if not, it'll show you how to register, when the deadlines are, uh, where to go for your local elections. Most of us, at least in the U.S., probably get that mailed to us anyway. Uh, for those of us who are voting in person, it lets us know where to go. For those who are able to vote by mail, it'll tell you how to get set up for that as well. So remember, this is a very important time. It's not only a civic duty, it's pretty much uh, the most powerful thing you can do to affect change. So can't can't stress it enough. Go out and vote, people. I agree. Yes. Next episode, we're going to review another faction, but until then, for Toshi Station Podcast, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I'm Alex Smittle. Uh, wait, the lat's coming out. Brute? No, it hasn't come no, out it's yet. Still lat. 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 It's the lat. It's the lat. It's always, it's always lat. It'll always be lat. It's never not going to be lat. It's oh, the best yeah. ship in all of Star Wars. Except it doesn't have any bubble turrets. Hi, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Toshi Station Radio. If you'd like to support us and help offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash Radio and toss us a few credits to help keep the Huck cartels off our backs. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Toshi Station Radio and X-Wing Podcast, on Twitter at Toshi Station XW, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Toshi Station X-Wing. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to like and hit subscribe. Yubby yub.